popcorn ready? It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Bears down! From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill-tempered. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you on a Tuesday. A little bit of an extra long week as the Bears get ready to prepare for Monday Night Football and the Los Angeles Rams and their horrible, hideous Microsoft 98 jerseys. Really? I like those. I'm not a big jersey guy. I'm not Pat Finley. See, those two things you just said went perfectly together. I like those. I'm not a big jersey guy. (laughs) If you were a big jersey guy, you would know that those are awful. Uh, (laughs) They're not that bad. They're not that bad. They're not bad. as good as the Chargers and what they've been wearing lately. Oh, you don't like those? No, the Chargers uniforms are excellent. They look sweet. The Chargers? I don't think yeah. I don't think the Rams are that bad. Do you remember word art on what, Microsoft? Like the, like, I, I, yeah, on the computer? Yeah, back in the yeah. 90s. When you, it was like the first time you could like design cool things. That's what the numbers look like on the Rams jerseys. Like oh. They were made with word art. <laughs> <laughs> with a little that clippy with clippy jumped up on your computer screen and got in your way when you're trying to type. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I was thinking about this the other day watching the the late game between the Buccaneers. I think it was the late game between the Buccaneers and Packers, like the graphics they were using look straight out of the nineties. Just a thought. I'm no expert on it. Yeah. Just a thought. Well Maybe it wasn't then. Who was Sunday night? NBC. I don't know. Are you I'm thinking about Fox? Are you thinking about Fox and how they have all those cartoons? Like the, little, the robot guys? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. All the like drawings of players instead of just using their photos. Yeah. They're trying too hard. Uh, that's not why you're here, though, to listen to a Bears podcast on a Tuesday. Uh, the Bears are still 5-1. and one. They did not take away any of the victories, turn them into losses. That game against the Detroit Lions in week one still counts even though DeAndre Swift dropped the ball. And, uh, you know, this is kind of a good opportunity for us to step back, answer some listener questions. So instead of uh, bringing in our second Tuesday guest, we'll still have Kevin Fishpain join us here in a little bit. But uh, we figured we'd let the listener in, ask some questions. So we're going to do that today. You can follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. It's always a good way to communicate with us. And you can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. John's, I got my offensive line rant out of the way on the podcast. I saved the officiating for a full column, full-blown column this morning. <laughs> Just you know what honestly happened? Therapeutic, I'm sure, for you. Here's what happened. Because I, um, I read my 10 Bears things on Monday. That's also up for you to read at NBCSportsChicago.com. I started writing item number one. And it was basically about how well the defense is playing, but the officiating is still holding them back from being great. Okay. And when I got done with that part, so this is still item one, thing one. I'm like, damn, I got 1,200 words here. 
this is a separate column. Yes. yes. It's going to run Tuesday. So I'm going to need 11 thoughts here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, those are both up for you at NBCSportsChicago.com. John's also wrote about the defense and uh, some interesting things that we're going to discuss here in a second. So you can read that at TheAthletic.com, The Athletic app. If you're listening to this podcast on the app, you can pull the column up at the same time uh, as you're listening and, and take a look at it. So that's all there for you. Please rate and review the podcast. If you haven't done that, please do. It helps. Helps spread the word. Uh, and word of mouth goes a long way too, so we appreciate all of our loyal listeners who do that. And you should be subscribed to The Athletic, so go do that. All right, Johns, where should we start? Voicemails. Ooh, yeah, voicemails. Think people are calming down at all or no? No. Okay. <laughs> are you kidding? I haven't heard these yet, so I don't know. Maybe everybody's happy this week. Eh, all right, let's hear what they had to say. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. <laughs> Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Bear down Chicago Bears. Boys, Bob Dabrowski here calling in from Charlotte, NC. Uh, they got a, a race car in the airport. It's crazy stuff down here. Uh, Bears just kicked off. I've never been more confident in my life. It feels like I drink a gallon of Michael's secret special drink or something. And Bears a gazillion. Um, Panthers uh, four. All right, let's go. Bears, bear down. This is just the worst play calling and worst clock management. What the hell is Matt Nagy doing? I don't know what's going on. I apologize. Cole Komet, we can stop asking where he is because he's in the end zone scoring a touchdown. Bear down. Is anyone else tired of Anthony Miller's just dumbass? I'm sick and tired of these bonehead plays. Number two receiver, my ass. Bear down. At 5'8", 160 pounds, we got Carlos Santos with the clutch field goal at halftime. Let's go, bear down, baby. Yeah, yeah, uh, for first time uh, caller, long time listener, uh, this is John. Uh, 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 James uh, Rocks, uh, do you want to say uh, pickups to uh, to Carlos Santos and his uh, his older Rob there for uh, for for a clutch uh, halftime uh, kick there. Uh, we're just really hoping in the second half we can uh, we can see a little bit more Mike Glennon uh, run the ball. But uh, uh, Carlos, uh, there's no for you, my friend. I don't want to overreact or anything, but Kyle Fuller is the greatest defensive player ever, and the refs are trying to nerf him. They're scared of Kyle Fuller. That's why they keep throwing the flag. Yes, Nick Foles is smarter. Yes, Nick Foles knows where he wants to go with the ball, but Nick Foles can't run. Come on, Bears. You let me down last time. Let's score some points this time in the third quarter. I'm not the world's greatest Mitch supporter, but man... Man, oh man, can you just please do me one thing, put Mitch in, and win. Bear down. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Mitch needs to play. All right, seriously, it's third quarter. Fuck these refs. The NFL officiating this year has taken away three defensive touchdowns 
by the Bears defense. Three by Eddie Jackson this year. That is complete BS. Can we please get a different f***ing run design besides a halfback draw out of shotgun for Montgomery? Let's get it together, Nagy. The curse is lifted. The curse is lifted. The curse is lifted. Third quarter touchdown. I'm going to try my best to keep my foul language out of this. But if these refs call another bull-shooting, bull-pooping pass interference against the Bears defense, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. That's literally the third time I called. I've been drinking. I'm just sick of the Bears and their penalties. Bear down. Let's get a win. I'm serious. I love Matt Nagy. But for the love of God, can we not just line up and run a play and get a first down? Why do we have to try all this tricky stuff all the time? Leno, what is up with that dude? Why did the Bears extend him? I really don't get it. Unreal. It's amazing that they won this game because Nagy apparently wanted to give them the ball back because I don't understand what other reason they would have for trying to throw the ball when you have two yards left and you need to run the freaking clock out or at least make them waste their time out. Absolutely ridiculous. DeAndre Houston closer, baby. Well, we got two wins today, uh, one against the officials and one against the Panthers from the uh, phantom Jalen Johnson pass interference, um, but an ugly win, but I guess that's basically par for the course in 2020. Hey, the Bears are 5-1. and one. We should run Montgomery more. And hey, uh, how about them Bears? Chicago Bear, Bear down. Boys, 5-1. and one. I mean, the chances of uh, making the playoffs after 5-1 and one is probably pretty high. I think the Bears are obviously going to win the next uh, 14, 13 games in a row, 18-1, and one, Super Bowl, Super Bears. We got a victory. We got a victory Sunday. We're going to do a thousand shots of tequila for the victory Sunday. And let's go, Chicago Bears. Bob Dabrowski bringing it home. I'm surprised you didn't call in again. Me? Your own voice? Yeah. Get your voicemail line going. Uh, leave another O-line rant. No, I do that on the podcast. Yeah. I, but, I, I mean, I... You felt better after that. Not really. You know no. why? Stay, same line. <laughs> you know why I didn't feel any better? I watched the tape. <laughs> no. No silver linings in that one. Now, I saw that you and Kevin, maybe we should save this for when Kevin comes out, but you you guys are soliciting trade ideas. Yes, and then we were going to send those to Ryan Pace. That's the plan. Wow. Okay. Well, we do get tweets of people. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the, there was a tweet yesterday that was like, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was like, it wasn't questions. It was like, please tell Nagy this. Like, when you get on the Zoom call, <laughs> please tell him, just tell him to do this. So when I raise my hand on Zoom and I wait eight, nine minutes to get my one question in that I'm not But you forget to at least twice over those eight and nine Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, when I do get that moment where I'm finally unmuted and allowed to speak, I will just tell Nagy what the guy on Twitter has yeah. to say. That's, hey, hey, that's what I'll do. Hey, Matt, got a message here from Frank and Rockford. He wants you to run the damn ball in third and two. That's it. Um, oh. I don't have a question, though. <laughs> Thanks. So did you watch the Chiefs game yesterday? Some of it. So Andy Reid runs the ball 46 times for 240-something yards. Both were 
high numbers for Andy Reid in his career. The Chiefs had been struggling to run the football, and so they just come out and do it. Now, I I do somehow, it is exhausting how everything comes back to the Chiefs, but that's where Nagy came from. This is his mentor that he talks about all the time. And I couldn't help but notice that you had a team there struggling to run the football, and Andy Reid just did it. Now, a couple things to point out. Um, One, in the past when we've had these conversations comparing the Bears' offense to the Chiefs' offense, we usually bring up the fact, which you have to do, the Bears simply don't have the same players. They don't have the same quarterback. They don't have the same playmakers. You can't just run the same things. However, in this case, the Chiefs' offensive line is banged up. I think they lost Mitchell Schwartz early in that game with a back injury. They are somewhat comparable, I'd say, up front. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an exciting rookie. But David Montgomery is good. So I have to say it was a little... I thought it was at least notable, Johns, that you had the Chiefs come out and do that. On the flip side... You also had Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, come out and say, well, basically that was their game plan, was to let the Chiefs run the football and just stop Patrick Mahomes. So once again, it does come back to Mahomes and the reality that the Bears just don't have the same quarterback. So it's not that easy. I did see, I think it was Jeff Schwartz, Mitchell Schwartz's older brother, I believe, shared a clip of that game where the Chiefs' offensive line literally drove the Bills' defensive line like six or seven yards off the ball. Like significant movement up front across the board where it was not a good look for the Bills. And I know the the weather played a role and whatnot, and you know the Chiefs handled it better. But I thought about that clip, and then I think it was you or JJ or, or Pat Finley when you guys are going through your own film reviews who kept sharing the the Nick Foles interception play. You know what I'm getting at? where it looks like the Bears' offensive line is chasing the Panthers' defensive line to, to tackle them. <laughs> like, it, it does not look good. They had uh, one of five offensive linemen block on that play. Yeah, yeah. Bobby yeah. Massey made his block. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby Massey. But it's not a good look. It's just an awful look, especially, like, the still frame view of it. And, I, look, still frames can be misleading. But that one... It's just so indicative of how bad they played in that game. On that play, Nick Foles trying to make a play, bad decision, dumb decision, he said, but you saw why he had to throw it up there for grabs because that offensive line was not blocking. Yeah. We don't need to exhaust that side, but I, I, I'll i just say this because you guys are soliciting trades for, uh, by the way, good job letting the readers do the work for you. That's yes. a veteran move. Yes, yeah. That's not a, our not our first year on the beat. <laughs> I like that. Um, I I don't know who the heck they could trade for. I'm a, I'll read the athletics tomorrow and find out. But don't you feel like that if there was ever a time where the Bears were going to make a somewhat significant trade in the middle of the season, this is a time where it's warranted. You have a good team that is five and one. Like you're not just floundering and can't figure things out. We're about to talk about the defense and some of the things that some of the numbers you've looked up showing how good this unit might actually be. And it, a theme in my 10 Bears things yesterday. 
It's starting to feel like 2018 again, right? It's it's they have a good defense. They have a capable quarterback that you can win with, which is what Mitch was in 2018. And they don't have the offense though as a whole to get it done. And I think they just I I they can't solve the offensive line with what they have right now. I no, don't feel no. confident that they could do that. So if there's ever a time to go trade a draft pick, I don't know what round it is. It depends on what caliber player type you're about to get. But I would make the argument that it's worth doing right now. It is a matter of personnel to me. The schematic thing, look, did, did not having Juan Castillo on the sideline factor into things? Yep, yeah, maybe. Is that still a change for some guys going from Harry Easton to Juan Castillo? Yeah, maybe. But eventually the personnel is the personnel. And they can only change and improve so much. Some of these guys may have peaked already. It may have been a couple of years ago. So we'll see. You know who's peaking? It maybe even has the potential to get better is the defense. So I do want to reference this story before we get to the fish man. So in my Bears takeaways, my weekly column, I uh, went back and looked at the stats from 2018 since everybody's getting all um, hyped up about what the defense is doing this year, including us, you know, with, with good reason. So I looked at the stats after the Bears' first six games in 2018 and compared them to this year. Everybody remembers in 2018 they finished with the best defense in football. So let me just throw out a few stats to you. So after six games in 2018, Adam, the Bears were 3-3. Three and three. Points allowed per game, 22.3. This year, 19.3. Rushing yards per game, 87.5. This year, 113. Here's where it gets really interesting. Net passing yards per game, 2018, 263. This year, 224. Third down percentage, 38.5 to this year's 31.8. How about this for a significant improvement? Red zone touchdown percentage by the opponent. 57.1% 57.1% over the first six games of 2018. This year, number one in the NFL at 36.4. Opposing quarterback passer rating, 89 in 2018. 2020, 73.5. And here's the, the biggest difference to me is in 2018, they had 17 takeaways over the first six games. This year, they only have eight. Of course, the officials are to blame. So let me ask you, Adam, you watch that team, you cover that team. Is this defense that we're seeing this year feel, look different, better than 2018? In spurts. In spurts, it feels as good. Um, yeah, it's hard to not it's hard to knock them for the lack of takeaways when the refs are taking them away. Yeah, like they're being take the takeaways are being taken away, and it's it's what I wrote about with the officiating. That's a whole separate discussion, which I'll let you read about. But you know, I I really do feel like the Bears are playing by the rules that the NFL has been trying to get defenses to play. Can can you still play good physical defense in this era where you're not allowed to hit guys uh, above basically above the shoulder? And I, I think they are. I, I think they are playing that way, and yet the referees don't know how to handle it because they're not used to it. They're not used to a team really cracking the code that the NFL's put out there, and I think that's on the NFL now to adjust to what the Bears are doing because they can't be punished 
when they're following the rules, okay? And then pass interference is a whole different thing. I just think the rules are too convoluted and murky, and the officials don't know how to call it consistently. It's like the catch-no-catch. The more you make the rule complicated, the harder it is to officiate it. It needs to be rewritten. The, the criteria needs to be rewritten and simplified, and then you can call it, okay? So that's a tiny little rant there. But I do see spurts, and I'll bring up the first sequence of this game against the Panthers, okay? I, I You can read about this tomorrow on NBCSportsChicago.com because this is what I broke down in my film review this week. The Bears came out, Johns, in what essentially looked like Lovey Smith's defense, Okay, they had four down linemen. They're essentially a 4-3 team, but they're in their nickel package. 4-2-5. You got Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, and Robert Quinn on your front four. I mean, this is like old school, just rush four, kick the other team's ass up front. And when you can do that, you can do crazy things on the back end, which is what happened. First play of the game, Khalil Mack made... Right tackle Taylor Moten looks silly with just a little duck of his shoulder. Went right under him. TFL. Met Robert Quinn in the backfield on that play. Then the next play, Robert Quinn and Bilal Nichols run a great stunt. Nichols comes around the outside as Quinn crashes inside. Sack nearly a safety on that play. And it was pretty impressive. And then... The third down play, they do the same thing again. The same exact stunt. This time, Robert Quinn just runs over the left guard. I mean, just ran him over like a train. And Blau Nichols got there fast enough. Uh, Cleo Mack also got there. And a Forest Bridgewater unload the ball into tight coverage. Jalen Johnson knocks the ball in the air, takeaway. So if this is the type of stuff that I'm seeing, Johns, to your point, where I think more takeaways will come as long as the officials don't take them off the board and let the Bears play the way they're playing. Because right now they're flying around. And I thought it was concerning earlier in the season that the Bears were coming out flat in games. They came out the opposite of flat against the Panthers, especially on defense with that first sequence. And you, you talk about personnel differences between 2018 in this year's team, like Robert Quinn is a pass rusher for all the things you just said and more is an upgrade over Leonard Floyd, who we'll see a Monday night with the Rams. It's money well spent right now. It looks yes, like. Yes. I understand that Floyd brings a bit more in maybe run defense, but Barkevius Mingo hasn't been too bad and he brings a little bit more in pass coverage, but you don't pay outside linebackers for that. You pay them to attack quarterbacks to me, a difference is Jalen Johnson and Deshaun Gibson in the back end. I think they're upgrades over Prince Mukamara in 2018 and Adrian Amos in 2018, just in terms of what they do. Plays on the ball, man coverage for Jalen Johnson. So that stands out to me. Um, if you can remember in 2018, after the first six games, that's when the defense started to hit their stride. Right? They beat up the Jets. They beat up the Bills. That was a big game for Eddie Jackson. Let's not forget that. Those The Bills aren't what they are now uh, in 2018. Uh, this next three-game stretch for the Bears, where you have Jared Goff, you have, why am I blanking now, Drew Brees. And who's the other guy, Adam? Help me out here. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan, Ra- Ooh, yes, even better. Derrick Henry. Good gauge about how good this defense 
really is. They're going to need some help from the offense. Well, the signature game from that season, I thought defensively, was that the night game against the Rams at Soldier Field. I mean, they just dominated up front, and they made Jared Goff look silly. So you got the Rams this week. You're on Monday Night Football. Um, there's not going to be a lot of points scored in this game, I don't think. And you're looking for that signature-type game for the defense. I, I do like where they're playing. They need to figure out the offensive line. And by the way, I yeah, Robert Quinn's been great recently. We learned uh, we learned something about it, uh, about his dog, too, last week. Chris Emma. Robert, what kind of dog do you have? I have a Rottweiler. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. I mean, nothing like a good old pat in the back for Chris Emma about your dog. Chris Emma. Robert, what kind of dog do you have? have a Rottweiler. There you go. Hey. These are these are these are the types of questions you you would normally ask in the locker room when you're just chit-chatting, but you know, sometimes the Zoom calls need to be reserved. You got to get questions. that small talk in. So, yeah. Sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Now to uh, give us a breakdown of Tua Tungo-Vailoa's brother, who could be playing for Maryland this weekend, Kevin Fishbay. It's a Big Ten football, boys. It's back. This is where I remind you, Kevin, this is a Bears podcast, not a Northwestern Wildcats. We love Fitz podcast. I, I did see, see though, that uh, right before we started this podcast that Michigan locked down their dorms. So so the Big Ten football is <laughs> off to a rousing start, is what you're saying. <laughs> I, I just don't know what I'm going to – I mean – Hogue, am I still allowed to text you my frustration with Northwestern, even if you're not on the sidelines? Because it's been a fun little thing for me to do over the years. Well, uh, I am going to be on the sidelines. Oh. So there you go. Perfect. So text away. I will I will do that. That's even better. Not uh, completely confirmed yet if I will actually physically be on the sideline. Uh, I will be inside Ryan Field Saturday night. And there's a good chance that apparently I will be uh, tested and hopefully cleared and potentially on the sideline. Because what would I do with in, in the fall without my 30 seconds with Fitz every week? That's the best news I've heard all day, all week. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is great because now I could, I mean, I won't be able to be in the stands. Although I have thought, I have wondered if any of the players are going to put me in there. You know, each player gets like four tickets. Mm-hmm. If anybody's going to put me in there for tickets to go see the game live. Oh, I don't you could be. So. Yeah, you could be friend. You you need to get to know Joe Spivak's dad. <laughs> there you go. I, well, either way. That, that's I, a fun guy to know. Okay. I'll be watching on TV. I'll be texting you when Fitz calls three consecutive timeouts to ice the Maryland kicker attempting a 28-yard field goal at the end of the first half. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll be ready to respond. Um, all right. Bears. They're five and one. They're still five and one. Do you uh I don't 
what what are your what are your final takeaways, Kevin Fishbane, of of the victory over the Panthers and maybe what you saw on the uh, the tape? Because we saw, I, I saw pretty much what I thought I saw during the game. The offensive line was not good. The Bears' defensive line was good. Yeah, that's a good defense. Um, I, what I it, it's I think you know Johnsy wrote about it today, comparing this defense to the previous defense, and I know people are saying, well, that defense had a lot of takeaways. I think that's almost an argument for why this defense could be better, that they're doing this without necessarily taking the ball away at a crazy rate and scoring touchdowns. And the offense was better in 2018 than this offense that this defense has to work with. What I'm trying to figure out, guys, on the offensive side of the ball, and something I wrote about uh, on Monday night, Tuesday morning, the run game was so much better in the first two weeks than the last three weeks. Not only that, on early downs, the passing game was significantly better in those first couple weeks. Now, I know we're talking Lions and Giants defense. Carolina is not a good defense. So, like, they can't use that excuse anymore. So, I'm trying to figure out what, yeah, I think we all are, what can this offense do? Like, what's next? Like, how can they be more efficient? Just say it. Kev, just say it. Just say it. Say it. Ooh, is this going where I think it is? No, no, no. This is not. I, I just. I, who, who was the quarterback the first two weeks? Just, I just, just say it. Just, just, just. I, I think there what? was there was an emphasis in the game plan the first two weeks in a way to tailor to the quarterback in the lineup. And it, say his name. And it worked kind of, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. It was working hey, in those two games. It was. And I'm not like, I, I, but I do think. You know, you look at the fact that they only had what two, three and outs on Sunday in Carolina, and they were just, they happened to be the last two drives of the game. Um, you, we're all seeing why Nick Foles is in there, but I just think you look at the overall numbers of the offense. The offense is not better so far. Again, opponents. I, I understand the Colts and the Bucks are really good defenses, but once once this offense sputtered against Carolina, I had some alarm balls going off, and and I'm just very curious to see. Like, is this it? Like, is this just as good as the offense is going to be all year? Because if you had extra time and an angry head coach and a defense that was like 29th against the run, the last in the league and sacking the quarterback, well, like, why could you still not figure it out? No, don't care. I think they're better off with the quarterback they have in there. Oh, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not calling for. Mitchell, I'm not. I'm not saying. That. I just. I. Like. I think there's something for the coaches to have to try to figure out. Like why. Why. Why were they. Why were they so efficient those first couple weeks? And why can't they get back there with a quarterback who is better suited to operate this offense? Yeah, man. Who wants to get tackled? There. Look. There's some differences. There. There's. Just, this is a fair football, uh, especially X's and O's type of conversation. You know, Foles. Foles' lack of mobility changes things. You don't always think about this, but um, I I think it has an effect on the run game a little bit. The offense has been a little bit different too. I mean, it's you know what it is. It's Nagy's offense. That's what they're running right yeah. now. Like yeah, that. as opposed to the first few weeks when they were running more of the stuff that they were trying to get, uh, you know, to help Trubisky. Yeah. He, here's the thing, though. Have you noticed what the Eagles are doing with Jalen Hurts? 
Like, there's packages for him, right? They're, they're getting him involved. Why not get Mitch involved a little bit in, in some way? I mean, look, you're going to – he's going to be gone in the offseason, right? Most likely? Most why, likely. Why not get him in there on some plays and get him moving around and potentially even running the ball? You, you can't run the ball any other way. I mean, what's the harm of doing that? Jazzy, how many questions did we get in our Q&A we did a few weeks ago? Uh, I'm not denigrating the question. I'm just like, it's it's a common yeah, thought. It's, and they use the name Taysom Hill all the time. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if Mitch is exactly that type of runner. Well, that's the thing. Hill, I don't Hill think, runs hard. Mitch has never done anything like, like, like what you're describing, I feel like. He's just never done it before. Um and it's not to say he's not capable. It's not to say they shouldn't try it if their offense continues to look the way it's looked. But I just don't know if they if Nagy even has like a package for that. Well, that's why you get paid to to coach and come up with packages, right? I mean, I'm not talking about Taysom Hill. He's a different player. Uh, you know what he also is? He's a better thrower Ooh. than Taysom Hill. Oh, Trubisky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. I'm saying Trubisky's better okay. thrower than Hill. Yeah. Um. So that you know, you still, I, you still have that threat of pass. I don't know. It's just a wrinkle to throw out there. There's got to be, there's got to be something you can do because this just isn't working. I, I thought it was interesting that Patterson only had one carry. Like I, I thought they liked certain things he could do. Maybe it was the matchup. Maybe it was the game plan. Whatever. I, I, I get that. But for a guy that they seemingly like to do a lot of different things with. He'd been running routes out of the backfield. Don't forget he was bemoaning that miss. Nagy was bemoaning that missed corner route that he ran out of the backfield a week earlier. So to see him only get one carry, not have much involvement in the offense, that was notable to me. Like There's so many questions and so many concerns about the personnel. I'm, I'm not sure how significantly they can improve, at least if you're looking at the statistics and the rankings and whatnot. What question are you asking me? You guys ready for a stat? Oh, yeah. We call these Fishbane Fun Facts. Go ahead. Fishbane Fun Fact. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. Oh, Chase Daniel. Uh, first two weeks of the season, David Montgomery had 25 carries under center for 135 yards. So over five yards a carry under center first two weeks of the season. Since then, in the four games since, he's had a total of 27 carries under center. Now let's talk about Carolina. Football Outsiders had him 29th ranked run defense. Dave Montgomery had six carries when Nick Foles under center for seven yards. So that's 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 the thing that's that's got to be a question that they got to figure out is if he could run that well against those two defenses with Mitch Trubisky under center. Why was it that much of a drop off against a mediocre run defense? With Nick Foles under center, I know you had the new left guard in, but that should not have been a five plus yards per carry all the way down to what. But also, if I heard you correctly, I mean they ran it; they're running less plays under center, right? And like that's that's the other question is you know should they be running it? Should they be giving him more opportunities? But I, I also understand what, what what Matt Nagy just says. Look, the run game's not working. I I have no interest in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's who he is. He doesn't like kicking well, field goals. He doesn't like running the ball against brick wall. He likes kicking field goals with Cairo Santos. But you can, yes, 
watching that Panthers game, whether it was live over the broadcast or later over the film, it's you could see why he just grows frustrated with it, right? Like, and changes things and starts throwing the ball a ton. It's easy to feel that way. I mean, uh, listen to what he said after the game. He said, when I asked him why he threw the ball on third and two at the end of the game, he said, going into the game, that's what they were going to do. Yeah. That was the plan. They knew if they were in that situation at the end of the game, they were going to throw the ball. Because he doesn't glad, trust running it. I'm glad you asked him that. And and I would be curious, like, if they had a good run game, like, or is this just who he is? Like, he's just always going to go for the kill. But, like, don't, like, I, like if, if the run game was actually consistent or if it's something he felt confident in, would he still, would he still have done that? I don't know. I think he, I think there are subtle signs that he would. He ran the ball 15 times on first down in that game. Yeah. Montgomery actually had a season high in carries. Yeah. And Sunday in Carolina. You know, they're trying to do it. It just, it just doesn't work. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Johns, you solicited questions from the listeners this week. I'm going to let you kind of drive this part because you're the one that came up with these and, and pick them out, but I'm excited. Yeah, there was a lot, over 60. I, I had to only pick five, so forgive us for, for having a time crunch here. But And the first question is, what kind of dog do you have? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get that. Chris Emma. Robert, what kind of dog do you have? I have a Rottweiler. There you go. There you go. There you go. Oh, Chris, so nice. All right, guys, you ready? This is from at Sun Devil Bear Fan, so probably a nice and warm and toasty Arizona, I imagine. Do you see Nagy making serious changes to the personnel on the offensive line? No way you can just watch this group struggle as mightily as they have and not take a chance on their young guys or someone not in that roster currently. I just don't know what else he's supposed to do. He like His one option, it seems is to play Alex Bars on Monday night instead of Rashad Coward. I like the idea of, like, the most, if, if I had to rank, like, the, the maybe the seriousness or the, like, the, the effect of changing the offensive line, to, to me it's like benching Charles Leno Jr. for, like, a Jason Spriggs. I, I don't know what type of upgrade that would be. Maybe they could trade for somebody. I'm not sure, but just... Like the the message or, or the emotions that would be felt with that, especially for a guy who's considered a team leader, who's not playing all that well again. Like I, I'm curious about what that would do. Like what type of message that would send 
if you benched a guy like Charles Leno Jr.? I think that's your only move right now because, and, and, and we've had some people suggest it, and by people I mean fans, but look, there's a reason Jason Spriggs was available for the veteran minimum, and, and, and he didn't do much in Green Bay. The, the problem with the Alex Barr situation is by going with Coward and asking him to play a side he's never played, I feel like that's a that's a tough move by the coaches to then go to bars after one week. Like if they're going to say, I, we think you're good, we think you are so good, so much better than Alex Bars, we're going to ask you to play the left side and you have to like rearrange everything you've learned about footwork and all that stuff. That's how much better we think you are than Bars. And then after one game, they say, you know what? We're not even going to let you see us through. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it or, or won't do it. I just think that's a tough move by coaching staff. If they've already gone ahead and and made this statement about how they feel about those players. But the tape was so bad. I mean, honestly, that was one of the worst offensive tapes I've ever offensive line tapes I've ever seen. But they knew when they put him over there. That's why I don't get so I mean, you're right. He, you're right. Yeah. You know, this is like whenever fans say why isn't so such and such playing? Cuz they don't think he's good. Yeah. Okay, that's it. It's the answer. Just the coach isn't going to come out and say that. Okay? So you're right. The fact that after the guy started nine games at right guard last year and they went out and got Jermaine Effetti and they said it was this great competition they had in training camp. We, we were at training camp. Effetti was the number one guy on the first day at camp, okay? And there was not a competition. And now that guy that basically got benched for Effetti in the offseason is clearly the guy they want playing over Alex Bars. I mean, but when is there accountability? Like, he didn't play well. He missed assignments. Don't you have to go to the other guy now? You got a huge game against the Rams. But in all honesty, neither guy is that all, all that experienced, and someone's going to have to block Aaron Donald. So good luck with that. Question number two. <laughs> N- another mini Ho Grant on the offensive line. Question number two, fellas. This is from at Theoden. Theoden, King58. Did I say that right? Here's the question. What is it going to take for Cole Komet to outsnap Demetrius Harris? Uh, the coaches to play Komet more? <laughs> I mean, we've we we've talked about this for weeks. Stop scheming the plays to 86. Scheme them to 85. Hogue, there were two plays that I circled where Demetrius Harris lost a block yep it wasn't and, just the drop catch he he would yeah. he missed blocks and uh i wonder um it's not like he's done anything for you in the passing game and you gave commit that one opportunity made a great catch in traffic for a touchdown on third and goal like i, I think Demetrius harris, harris is a fine number three tight end i think he's perfectly fine for that role i, I wonder if this was the game that could make that shift happen because at least in my eyes it was clear that 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 Harris had some you know had some challenges in, in both in blocking and again he's just not just not giving you what you need as, as a as a pass catcher not what Komet could do so if this game didn't do it uh then wait till next year I don't know yeah. you know what real quick though I if I remember right and I'm looking this bag up I think their snaps were identical on Sunday yes almost one off 
I uh, think. Yeah, Harris was out there 24 snaps. Komet was 23. So maybe a small indication there that that is about to happen. I think Kevin's hit all the right points on this, and this is why I wanted to keep this question in there, is to see Demetrius Harris miss those blocks, which is why he's essentially here. To see him miss his pass-catching opportunities. Like, when you have a first down and you drop the ball, not good. It's time to play the rookie who may have some momentum going after that catch where he wasn't even the number one option. Over the middle, made a catch over three or four guys in the end zone. Let's see what he could do more and more and more of. Question number three from Zach Cycle on Twitter. Hopefully I said your name right, Zach. What do we think about Jalen Johnson the last few weeks? The announcers make it sound like he's consistently being targeted by opposing offenses, but Twitter makes it sound like he's a top five corner in the NFL. Where's the truth? Uh, Well, he's definitely not a top five corner in the NFL, and I realize that's a little bit of hyperbole in the question, but... I, I I think this is a matter of balancing expectations. We're talking about a rookie. Corner is a hard position to play, period. I mean, I tweeted in the middle of the game, and it goes into the, the conversation we had earlier about the rules. I mean, it is hard to play cornerback in the NFL these days with the rules. You can't hand fight anymore. You hand fight at all, apparently it's pass interference. So, And that's all I thought he was doing on that PI call. But... Kyle Fuller's playing outstanding on the other side. They got to target somebody. So I think it's also accurate to say they're, they're, if you have to pick, if you're the opposing offense, you got to pick, you're going to target the rookie. And he is giving up some catches here. I also think he's holding his own, though, as a rookie. And the thought of, when you consider how the difference between Jalen Johnson's start to his career and Kyle Fuller's start to his career, Fuller struggled. He struggled a lot. He also dealt with some injuries, but he struggled. And Johnson, I just think, is off to such a promising start in the context of what rookie cornerbacks usually look like. So that's why I think you're getting some of that divide. Like in the moment, are they targeting him? Absolutely. Is he getting picked on a little bit? Absolutely. Can that be true and it also be true that he's off to a great start? As a rookie cornerback in the NFL, yes, that can also be true. Chris Emma. Robert, what kind of dog do you have? Say two things have are a true. What do you think this is? There you go. Yeah, you're right. This is a nuanced conversation. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, he's going to get targeted. What I think has been interesting about Jalen Johnson is the plays he made have come at significant times. You know, you think about the third down against New York when he punched that ball out to Darius Slayton, you think of him creating the interception for Tashawn Gibson. He created the interception. Was it the Giants game? Another one where he kind of punched it in the air? Um, or was that Detroit? Either way, he is, his play, like, it's not just he's he has these, what is it, whatever it is, eight or nine passes broken up. It's that they are like, whoa, like those are big plays. So I, I do think that, you know, he's getting targeted, he's giving up a, a few big plays like you'd expect from a rookie. The plays he's making the ball, I think, make him seem slightly better than he's playing, but he has been phenomenal thus far. I think this is a classic case where the numbers don't lie. Right? He's been targeted the most out of any Bears defensive back 45 times, according to Pro Football Reference. But he's only allowing completions at uh, at half that, 46.7%. So that's pretty darn good. That's less than half. So that's 
outstanding in my book, especially considering he's played Brady, Rivers, Ryan, some good corner, some good quarterbacks. Uh, the passer rating has gone up a bit, right, to eighty-two point seven, especially after this this last week. But I think he's become an instant difference maker, just in terms of what the Bears can run, because he's he, Chuck Pagano is allowed to leave him on an island. There's going to be targets, there's going to be completions, but there's a confidence there from the coaches and the player. Question number four from Jake GP on Twitter. Can you guys just wax poetically for a few minutes about how amazing Kyle Fuller is? Kyle Fuller is? I almost said Kyler Fuller. Kurt Fuller. How Kyle Fuller is. Kyle Fuller would be probably in the conversation as the top cornerback in the league right now if some of his plays this season had not come off the board due to penalty he is covering well he's a willing tackler in the run game always has been and he's making impactful game changing type plays on some of these hits and unfortunately, some of them aren't counting. And unfortunately, like it's impossible. Those of us that cover a specific team are going to remember stuff like that. But like when you go at the end of the day, like when I try to figure out what's happening in the rest of the league as I was covering the Bears, like they're not showing me the plays that came off the scoreboard. You know what I mean? That didn't count. And so, from a national standpoint, you don't just get the same recognition. And I think that's. In some ways, I actually feel bad for Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller in that regard because both of those guys are having huge seasons that would be better, that would look a lot better uh, if some of these plays counted. The question is, Asker asked for us to wax poetic. So I created a haiku. Okay. Kyle Fuller's good. He can tackle and cover. There's still more to come. Yeah, I think um, I think you know, you know, well done. It'd be well said. Very good, Kev. Did you just make that up at whim? Yeah, five seven five, right? It's a haiku. That's that so. Northwestern education there. Uh, so that's Peter King. So that's right. I bid you a Jew haiku. What I like, what I think excites people. About Fuller is the violence of Kyle Fuller, right? Like the 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 way he's actually timed up the hitting, you know, the way he sees the play coming at him uh, when he's on the left side there, and the way he contorts his body to make it a legal hit. Now, sometimes the refs disagree, and I disagree with all the things the refs throw the flags at with Kyle Fuller these days, but. The, the violence that he's playing with just feels like old school football. And he's bringing it to the modern day where he's contorting his body, where he's leading with his shoulder. He's lowering his body. He's even leading with his hip sometimes. But the, the force is there. The, the impact is there. He's jarring balls loose. His teammates love it. So to me, it's the violence. And I love it. And that is a clean pick by Kurt Fuller. Intercepted Kyle These people Kyle are getting Filler. his name right this year. That's <laughs> yes, a good yes. sign. I, someone pointed out there was um, no, it was a Carlos Santos again on TV. I could yeah, so I missed it. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I saw that tweet. So Ke- uh, the tweet was that Kenny Albert called him Carlos Santos on the first extra point of the game. I went back and listened. It kind of sounds like it, but it was almost like a Kylos Santos. Like it was like a, a combination. Like he wanted to say Carlos and he caught himself. Well, good job, Kenny. Yeah. Nice it wasn't clear enough for me to pull it. I It was close, though. All right, guys, a fun question for number five. This is from Drew Bros on Twitter. Spells it different from Joe Burrow. What song would you use to describe the first six games of the Bears season? I like this question. It's a fun question. I'm going to go with I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Oh, wow. Look at the synergy on the podcast. Did I steal yours? We did not plan this. This this is why. Yeah, we did. We did go to the Rolling Stones concert, at, though. At the same did. time, we did. You, you didn't invite me down to the floor, but I didn't. I had to take my wife. I'm sorry. That's okay. I was also with my wife. See, we could have put the wives up in the 300 level where I was, and then we could have been down at the floor. We didn't think about that. Yeah. Just I'm just saying. Could have been in a lot of trouble too. But yeah, satisfaction was my pick. You cannot say satisfaction, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I should have gone with that. I didn't. Um, yeah, I didn't really know what to do here. Here's here's what I. I have a with. backup if you want me to go with that. What's your backup? Uh, there's a song called "Can't Block It." <laughs> <laughs> did you just Google "Can't Block It"? And I I, I, I did this an hour ago. Uh, I did put it in Spotify. <laughs> Can't Block, and a song called Can't Block It by Lecrae and Zaytoven came up. It's actually a decent decent song. It's got a good beat to it. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I've, I've got a newborn at home, and sometimes if it's late at night, middle of the night, and just trying to calm him down, you just you just sing sometimes. Usually I change. Are you going to sing for us? No, 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 no. Um, so we can end the podcast now. Usually I change some words in songs. Like I'll 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 sing a Northwestern fight song. I'll just change some words there. I'll just have some fun with it. But sometimes you know that song, um, Rockabye. You know everything is going to be all right. Rockabye was like a '90s rock song. Yeah, I yes. that was the one I went with because it's just like you know everything's going to be all right. Even if they're not good, they're still probably going to make the playoffs. Anyways, I sing that to my son sometimes when he's just the chorus. I don't know the rest of the song. That's you know when this when this question came about, I. Uh, I thought of Mark Potash, our grizzled, seasoned colleague who has covered this team for a long time, and he likes the song by Chumbawamba. <laughs> you can't, you can't get tub you know thumping. What What's that? Tub thumping. Tub thumping. Yeah, you can't. You know, that's I get my knocked go- down, but but I get up again. That's my go. I hate karaoke, but when I am uh, drunk enough to do it, that is my go-to karaoke song. I don't know how it fits with the season. But I thought of it. Satisfaction okay. fits perfectly. It does. Just in terms of, <laughs> I can see like Matt Nagy. He's not a music guy, but that could be his mantra. I got another one. Breakdown by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> Kevin, his obsession with the offensive line is, <laughs> is, is reaching unhealthy proportions right now. I can tell. Golly. Yeah, yeah. Does does Hogue have some uh who says no uh trade uh 
thoughts, trade scenarios for us for offensive linemen? No, but he's looking forward to uh, reading with the. <laughs> we were yeah. able to solicit. I, I said that's. He's like, that's a veteran move. I know it's not our first well, year I, on the beat. Yeah, I already gave you guys credit for making the listeners do the work for you. It was. We have to. Did you tell him who to credit for that, John? No, <laughs> it's not even our idea. We have to credit Mark Lazarus and Scott Powers, oh, our grizzled Blackhawks the tr- writers. The they've truth done comes this, out. They've done it twice already on the Hawks beat. But see, the, the truth is I am now letting you guys do the work because I have had zero. I have been saying now for about 48 hours they should trade for an offensive lineman. I have had zero time to actually go in and do the research and try to figure out who might be available. So now I'm going to read the great story on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, and The Athletic app. And then I will come back Thursday with some thoughts on the trades that you guys have selected. I did see one that was a conditional seventh round pick for Quentin Nelson. It seems very fair. I think in that scenario, the, the, the Colts might say no. <laughs> Are you sure? No. Did the Bears trade a conditional seventh recently? Or they get or they get one? They get one for Shaheen? No. What's that? What'd they get for touchdown machine Adam Shaheen? Yeah. They did uh, get a conditional. Yeah. Well, maybe those touchdowns are good for him then to get Ooh. the seventh round pick. I don't know. They gotta make some kind of move. Um all right. I like those questions. It's fun. We should get more I want to hear from our listeners too, more songs. Because they're probably more creative than we are. You didn't even give us one, Kevin. I did. The Rockabye song. Everything's going to be all right. I actually looked up to see who even sang it and started listening to it. Who sang Rockabye? And then I sang it to my son because he started screaming. I was telling him. Because he watched the Bears offensive line tape. I was telling him. Everything's going to be all right. It's fine. They're they're, they're offensive. It's fine. They're going to be okay. Nagy keeps telling us, just wait. Oh, I should have done that from Hamilton. Just you wait. Just <laughs> that would have been the classic yeah. Kevin Fishbane reference. Just to go to Hamilton. Blues Traveler has a song. Just wait. There you go. There's All a right. band I haven't heard of in a while. Blues Traveler. They're not bad. I don't know if they're good, but John Prine also has a song. Just waiting. Shout out to John Pry. Prine. R.I.P. Uh, all right. Did I already Foss- have my 30 seconds, Northwestern? Yeah, you get it. We ah. I specifically put that in the beginning. That's fair. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to win? Uh, Yes. They're not going to cover. What's the spread? I don't even know yet. It's like 11 or 12. It's way too big. That's Northwestern's many- favorite? Yeah. It's way too many yeah. points. Maryland's yeah. not very good, though. But all right. everyone should check out my... Northwestern Michigan 2020 year anniversary oral history. One of the greatest college football games ever. They should do that. Yeah. Hogue, you had an assist in that story because you helped me get in touch with Mr. Cat. Oh. Not that I, it was going to be that difficult to get in touch with Mr. Cat, but I still wanted to give you an assist. Thank you. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at K Fishbane. Go uh, tweet at them some tr- some trades that they should consider as they uh, they promise to send those along to Ryan Pace. Once keep it done. real. Yes, we will. Forward to them. Right. Uh, read those guys at The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogue and Johns. That's where you should be subscribed. Get that great deal right now. $1 a month for 12 months. 
If you're not subscribed, you should be. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. We've referenced plenty, plenty of things in this particular podcast that you should go read. So um, go do it. Please rate and review the podcast. Appreciate you guys listening and all the interaction. Appreciate the questions today. That was fun. We will talk to you on Thursday as we preview Bears Rams. Talk to you then. See ya. Y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless.